Seahawks fans, wherever you may be. Welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey, Seahawks fans, welcome into the show. I'm Bill Alpstead, sitting down with Keith Myers, and we're talking 2022 NFL Draft. The Seahawks made their first pick. Keith, what did you think, man? Welcome into the show. Um, well, I like the pick. I like the player. I like the position. I, I like all that. I was a little surprised they didn't uh, move back, get some extra picks, and um, try and get themselves in a position where you know they could get a left tackle and something else, but you know, it takes, uh, it takes two to trade. And if no one was willing to give them, um, worthwhile compensation for that, you know, cause right. If they're moving back, you're saying, okay, we're going to take a lesser player. What's that risk, you know, worth right. to us. And if they're not, if someone's going to go, not going to offer something like, oh yeah, we'll give you a sixth round pick. They go, nah, we'll just take the better player. Well, it is um, interesting that um, there were teams that that came in after Seattle. That's where the trades started in this in the first round is after the C- the Seahawks mm-hmm. picked. Then you had the Jets at ten, and then the team that you identified early on in this process as somebody that was only half done in the in the earlier trade before the draft uh, consummated that with the the, um, the to get into the eleventh spot ended yep. up drafting a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Their second uh, pick um, back at 19 ended up being Trevor Penning, maybe one of those offensive tackles you were thinking maybe the Seahawks would trade back for and and accumulate extra value. And uh, Jordan Davis went at 13. I thought Seahawks might be in that game. Uh, Zion Johnson at 17 uh, is an interesting pick. That That seemed early for him. A little early. But the wide receivers to me I thought was the most interesting story in the first round. I just thought a whole ton of them went off the board and um it kind of helped seattle in a way i mean when drake london went at eight that gave an opportunity for the seahawks to have either an offensive tackle or an edge player available to them it seemed like jermaine johnson would have been there he ended up going really late um and then Mm -hmm. charles cross was sitting there a player that we had talked about a few different times over the course of the last three or four months keith but it wasn't the, one of those guys that we talked about recently. No, we kind um, of ignored him because he was supposed to go um, later than six to Carolina. So the idea that he would be available for Seattle to pick seemed ludicrous. But yet here we are with him on the Seahawks roster now. Yeah, and Pro Football Focus had him ranked as their number one offensive tackle prospect in this draft. I mean, most folks had him as third. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's, you know, regardless uh 10th overall um i think he's a good fit the the way i think about this is it's like um this was the safe kind of rock solid steady pick that we kind of haven't seen from the seahawks for a while yeah i mean it really is um you know this this is an excellent pick i mean it's the seahawks have had you know the last time they picked this high was when they got Russell Okung, um, that worked out pretty well when he was healthy. Um, 
since then they have they're picking at the bottom of the draft or they've been trading away their picks in in, in this win now mode um, and it was nice to see them get an absolute blue chip player someone who uh looks like he could be you know the best tackle in this draft um i get that he's the third ranked because he's got work to do he you know didn't really run block in college so he's there, there's going to be some learning for him to to get there but when it's all said and done, he could be the best of this group. So it's um, it's a good pick for them. It really is. And comes out as the best pass-blocking tackle. Um, and it seems like oh, that's yeah. going to be universal thought, um, which is really good. I mean, I think the, you know, the Seahawks have been at least in the no better than the middle, if not you know, in the, in the 20s somewhere as far as the rankings on pass block, uh, blocking protection and so forth. So this is this is a good deal. So what happens to Dwayne Brown, Keith? Do you think well, that possibly Charles Cross might play right tackle in 2022 and they no. bring Dwayne Brown back? I doubt it. Um, I mean, Dwayne Brown is out there unsigned. All 32 teams have taken a pass on him so far. Um, the Seahawks... Even, you know, they usually go and have their hedges. They go in and sign someone that's there he's, to be on the roster in case the draft doesn't go the way they expect it to. And they didn't even bother. I'm guessing that his contract demands are way too high. And unless he's willing to come way down, he may be done um, playing in the NFL. Interesting. The only reason I mention that is that at Charles Cross's pro day, they had him playing right tackle uh, a little bit over there, taking some reps there. Um, but he's clearly a left tackle of the future for the Seattle Seahawks. I oh, think yeah, it's a, a solid pick. I think it's a great pick. Any surprises uh, beyond uh, this pick for any team? Oh, there's <laughs> tons of them. Um, because what you end up with here is a bunch of wide receivers and a, and a big run on them way before. Uh, there, it felt like they should be a run on wide receivers because, and then you look at, there's this big gap after um, eight, the 18th pick with, you know, no wide yeah. receivers. And so it's like, what was going on there? I mean, I get that um, Atlanta probably got some teams really like um, panicky when they took Drake London at eight. Yeah. I think um, that was it. And so, you know, the jets at 10 went wide receiver then the Saints moved up for a wide receiver, and then Detroit. Which is weird, weird, weird yeah. to me. It is. It's really weird. Like they did that trade to get them in position to trade up. I thought they were trading up when they made that trade. I thought, all right, here, here goes Malik um, Willis off the board. And right. They traded up for a wide receiver, and I was very uh, confused as to. That's like, a lot of draft capital when you think about it. Like the draft capital to get those picks initially from uh, the Eagles, and then to 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 move up. Um, for a wide receiver is astounding to me. Uh, and then you saw the Lions do that for Jameson yeah. Williams, um, which is um, interesting as well. Yeah, it's it's that's that was a lot of um so I'm looking for the the full part part um things in here. So the Lions moved up from 32 to 12. Um they gave up 32, 34 uh 66 wow um to move up and that's just a lot especially on a team like the the lions that don't have a quarterback and they're just 
having so many uh, roster like parts um, and you know, that are missing, they need a lot of talent and to give up that much draft capital to move up and take a wide receiver, especially one that is injured and probably won't play the first six games um, seemed like I I just unfathomable. I I really just don't get um, what they were thinking with this, what that move is for them. Sports fans, look at the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet just $1 on any NFL team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code TPPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. 21 and over minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Uh, right. Like I'm just completely right. at a loss. So Right, right. Yeah, and then Washington, the team that moved down, ended up uh picking uh Jahan Dotson, so that was interesting as well. Um Kenny Pickett was the only quarterback in the first round. Went mm-hmm. to Pittsburgh. That was kind of predictable. Um I think I did that on one of the um mocks last week or this week, earlier this week. Um uh, and I'm I think I'm trying to remember which one, whether it was the our Seahawk one or whether it was um, the one for our other show, but I believe, you know, I think it was for the other show, the full, uh, NFL one, but yeah, I mean, just, uh, uh, Kenny Pickett to, um, the Steelers, he goes from, uh, Pitt to Pittsburgh. Um, yeah. Doesn't even have to leave the building. Doesn't even have to get a new, new apartment. Um, yeah. And they, they play in the same facility. Like uh-huh. the, the, the entrance is different, but they play in the same building, um, there in Pittsburgh. So, uh, that just seemed like a really easy like transition. So winner of the first round, you got to look at the Jets. I mean, oh god, it's got to be the Jets. Amon Gardner, Garrett Wilson, and Jermaine Johnson. I mean, wow, yeah, the, that's like having three top ten picks. Yeah, I mean, Amon Gardner, the best corner in this draft. Um, that I mean, granted, he went second uh, with Derek Stingley Jr. going one pick before him. Um, but Sauce Garner going to the Jets, that's a good pick. Garrett Wilson is probably my favorite wide receiver out of that group that went. Um, I think he's the best one of that, um, of that, you know, run of what was it, five um or four wide re- four wide receivers and five picks. Yeah. Um or five wide receivers and six picks. Yeah, that's what it was. Um, and then, you know, then they they were able to sit there and wait and then to have um you know, Jermaine Johnson sitting there at 26, they traded up to get him. So they, they didn't miss out, but they ended up with three first round picks, but they got a great pass rusher, a, um, a big time wide receiver and the best cornerback in the draft. I, it's hard to say that they're not improved. Wow. Okay. So you like the 
Charles Cross pick. I think that the, the, the methodology as well of the Seahawks taking a tackle at nine, not dropping back, you could argue about value and all that stuff. I think as you look forward and, you know, the years to come, I think that's a great pick. And then um, that kind of sets the draft up for them to be, to allow the draft to kind of come to them as far as not having to press as we go forward into the second and third round. What do you think about that? Well, this is what I wanted them to do a year ago was to, to use their first pick on an offensive tackle um, because it set up the rest of the draft really well and gave them an opportunity to pick the best player available. And instead they went wide receiver and then nothing really fell in a way that was predictable or useful. Um, and so getting that offensive tackle off there because those offensive tackles, especially, um, you know, we're just really offensive linemen in general. There's a, a real premium for them. And then there's a, there's a, like a big gap. Uh, and then, you know, you get guys that are going to be backups. And so to get into that group that uh, are, is the premium group and not try and get cute with it, you ended up with a blue chipper. Uh, you need those guys to um, win in this league and they got one. So what do you say to those folks out there that uh, say the pick is kind of boring and mundane, uh, solid, but not spectacular. Um, you know, they were a little disappointed. Seahawks didn't pick up value. Blah, blah, blah. Like I said, I, we don't know, um, what was being offered, you know, as far as trades, what, what they could get. Um, they chose to take the pick rather than trade. I'm guessing it's because they didn't get much in the way of offers, um, that they liked. And so for them, uh, being in a position to get the guy they wanted, you take it. Um, as far as as yeah, far as the value yeah. part, as far as it being boring, I'm sorry if offensive linemen are boring. Right, you right. cannot win without an offensive line. We've seen that there you go. too many times here in Seattle, where it was you know Russell Wilson running for his life constantly because the line was awful in front of him. You've got to build your roster, uh, start in the trenches, and work your way out. And they are finally starting to do that with getting, you know, some offensive linemen spending their resources in a way that actually correlates to winning rather than being flashy. It sounded too like John Schneider said that Charles Cross was one of those players that they had on their board that they wouldn't drop back um, to, to get additional value. They would stay with the pick and, and select him. So whether you believe that or not, that's, you know, that's what they're saying. And um, you kind of tend to believe that because I do believe that they probably intended to want to come out of this draft with one of the top three offensive tackles mm -hmm. and they, and they did. So, okay. So let's talk about round two and round three. Um, Seahawks have picks 40 and 41, and then a pick in the third round. Um, and the, the best remaining available players, we can kind of go through that list a little bit and maybe identify what you're hoping for. I think um, would be a good start as far as picks 40 and 41. Yeah, um, I honestly think that um, they need a cornerback, and they're kind of in, they're in position to get one. Although they, the guys that I was really looking at, um, you know, kind of came out. I, I really liked Elam, mm. um, who who got went out of, out of the first round pick, um, and so you know, it kind of just comes down to um, 
you know, there's some there's some people available. And yeah, like Andrew Booth's still sitting out there. Uh huh. Uh, the guy. Um, oh, he's more of a safety, but he plays slot as well. I can't remember now. Jalen Petrie. Uh, he's out there um, as well. And then you've got some guys that are Josh more Gordon. De- yeah, Josh Gordon. And then a few more developmental kind of guys mm-hmm. um, that we've talked about um, that would be kind of neat to have. But you could almost trade back a little bit and maybe pick up one of those guys as well. Yeah, so and- I, really, I really want to see them them get a corner. And then after that, you know, let's just do some best player available kind of work here. Um, a guy like N'Kobe Dean is still undrafted yeah i i there's no question for me that he's the best linebacker in the draft it's just that size size. at 511 229 i'm not sure if it's a he's a three four linebacker anymore yeah uh boy mafe and then you know the running backs guys like um uh the guy you like, Brees Hall, the guy that I kind of picked for Seattle, which was Kenneth Walker the yeah. third. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a, there's this whole stack of of edge rushers still available, which yeah. is kind of why I like that Ebe, they went Ketty, Ajabo, Mafe. You've got Travis Jones, the defensive tackle, Logan Hall. <laughs> Excuse me. Um Josh Sam, Pascal. Josh Pascal, you've Drake Jackson sitting there, Perry and Winfrey is gonna be available. Um, you've got the Sam Williams, who I think is underrated a little bit. You've got the center, offensive center, like Cameron Jurgens, is mm-hmm. still going to be sitting out there. Abram, Abram Lucas, who could play right tackle for the Seahawks, would be out there. You've got all the quarterbacks, except for Pickens, uh, still on the board. If Seattle's enamored with one of those, still, if it, what if Malik Willis is sitting there at 40 or 41? Do you take Malik Willis, even though, I mean, he would present pretty decent value at that part of the draft if you believe that you could develop him and that was part of your plan. Well, I think it comes down with that to, you know, where do you have him ranked and what do you believe about him? Just because he's thought of and everyone, you know, the draft media and everyone was hyping him up as the best quarterback prospect in this class doesn't mean you as a team feel great about him. And, you know, the, I go back to uh, Geno Smith when he was taken by the Jets in round two. They didn't really want him, but he was the first-round pick quarterback, the only one that people thought of as being a first-round pick in that draft. And then when he was sitting there for the Jets in round two, they felt obligated to take him, and it didn't work out. Uh, I, I don't think you take a quarterback unless you believe in them as, you know, a potential franchise, yeah. a potential guy that can do that. Do That's they believe true. in Malik Willis? That's true. Everything you just said is true. Uh, but you still could use a developmental quarterback on your roster if you if you don't know for sure about Drew Locke. Um, and they don't know for sure because he hasn't taken the field for them at all yet. Um, so, yeah, but he's taken the field for another team multiple times, and it's been ugly. So <laughs> I, I don't think that it's... Just because he hasn't put on a Seahawk uniform doesn't mean you don't have any evaluation of him. I, 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 I feel strongly that they know that he's not a good quarterback. Um, and so th- I don't think that this is a situation where they're going to go into this going, oh, well, we don't know what we have in Drew Locke. We got to go find out. I think they know what they've got in Drew Locke. So are there any other players that you th- would love to have on the Seahawks. Like if you had to make back-to-back picks at 40 and 41 without trading back, 
what would, what would your selections be? I mean, oh, team man. speed is obviously a need. Uh, it absolutely is a need. And um, just going through at, you know, the, the best available players here. Um, if I can, yeah. Um, you know, Nicobe I would have to, I would have to would say, be, oh. take an edge player. You'd have to almost pick an edge player here. Yeah. I, I would say you got to go get an edge player. I would probably take Bowie Mafe um, in there and then maybe uh, Brace Hall is the second one. Although wow. I think it's a little early for him. Um, honestly, I'd really love to see them get a corner, um, you know, defensive back. And so, uh, I don't really like Andrew Booth. I think he's a slot guy who would be very limited on the edge. So mm -hmm. I would probably go with, you know, Kyler Gordon out of Washington, um, as the guy. And I would go that just because you go linebacker or either linebacker or defensive end, you go. Uh, cornerback, you really solidify that defense, and you know the defense has to carry your team this year. Um, so you might as well like put it in position where it can. I'm kind of enamored with Arnold Abekadi uh, out of Penn State. I think he would be mm -hmm. a great fit in the Seahawks defense. David Ajabo is going to possibly be sitting there for the Seahawks. They would have to do uh, you know all the medical on that. Um, I think that he would be fine long term and i think he would actually be a, a great fit for the seahawks offense boy mafia i think is a, just a gimme um on those guys and then for my second player i'm still looking at at team speed i don't want to reach too much but i would re really like to get a linebacker out of this nicobe dean is interesting but i just don't know that he's a good fit um and you're probably reaching for a guy like lino chanel at you know, at 40 or whatever, but he might be available there at 77, I think is worth the Seahawks picking the third round. Somebody like that or Chad Muma. Mm -hmm. um, both those guys are Cam Taylor Britt, the cornerback out of Nebraska, you know, in, in that area as well. Um, you had mocked Kirby Joseph um, earlier uh, for the Seahawks in, a, in the last mock draft. He would be a really interesting pick there. There's just so much value tending Chindle. Um, the guy with a lot of speed there. He's a guy that I, that if in third, in round three, um, you, if, if they go, if they don't go linebacker here in, um, round two, which I kind of don't expect them to, um, but you know, round three, I think they could easily go linebacker and Channing Tendall and Chad Muma are the two names that I would look at as guys that, um, can come in and just make an impact right away. Yeah. Yeah, and the guy like um, Tariq Wollin, if they pick up an extra pick, so if they drop back from 40 or 41 into the like mid-50s, um, I think they could pick up an additional pick under 100 somewhere in the third round, mm -hmm. maybe. And uh, a guy like Tariq Wollin, a project, a little bit of a project, but a super-duper upside as far as athletic potential at cornerback would be a great... Uh, get or or even now you're in a position where you're looking at wide receiver or you know we mentioned safety linebacker offensive uh, tight end wide receiver running back um, all those all those position groups and there's just a ton of talent here I mean it's, it's there, there it really is. is crazy having three picks here today is is a good spot to be in I the fact that they're at 40 and 41 tells me they're probably going to take 41 and move back like you said, into the, um, around 50, somewhere in there, try and get a pick in the, you know, in the high eighties, um, yeah. with it. And, you know, the back end around three and, and turn, instead of having three picks today, get four and, and just make that work for them. 
We'll the see. other area of the draft too, and you mentioned it in your mock as well, is trying to get into that one seventy-five to one ninety range. I yep. think there's some prospects there as well, and they may want to be at that level of the draft. I don't know that for sure. I just think that they do try to kind of get into different levels if they can. And that would be something that they might consider with a drop back as well. Yeah, and that is something that they um should consider because you don't want to go from round five till you know, round seven and not have a pick in that range because there's there are talented players that fall into that group and you're just kind of missing out on all of them. And it takes very little to get a pick in that range. You, you can know, even you buy move, a pick in that range if you need to. Yeah, you can buy it with a seven or a six round pick for next year and that kind of stuff. Um because right. once you get down after round five, the the pick value is pretty much even across the board. And so you can easily get a pick and so they could move down, you know, from 41 to 42 and get us to get that sixth round loaded. Um, so it, it really comes down to, I, I think they want to get in that range. It won't cost them anything to do so. Um, and I, I do expect them to come away from today with another uh, draft pick. And even if they didn't, they could use one of those fourth round picks that are back to back to move mm-hmm. around a little bit as well. So I do expect them to do that. They could also come up. They could take. They could still come up and and identify one of these players that they feel is going to go in the first six, seven picks of uh, round two this uh, this afternoon, and mm-hmm. go get the guy. Just go get yep. the guy that they want, and that's always a possibility. I don't know who that would be. Um, I don't know who that would be. It could be a a, a Beckety or a, a Jabba or a Mafe. Um, I don't see it being. I don't see it being something other than an edge rusher. But yeah, that, it, would, wrong. It, it would be hard to envision them moving up um, and not having it be an edge rusher at this this spot. I just um, think that they've, they're sitting there at 40 and 41. They've got so many players probably on their big board that have equal value that they're mm-hmm. probably pretty comfortable right now sticking with that and maybe even dropping back, at least with one of those. Maybe both. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Anything else you um, want to talk about? The only thing that I wanted to talk about with you was to get your take on, you got those two picks at 40 and 41. How do you feel about, you know, if the Seahawks use one of those on a guy like Willis or um, Desmond uh, Ritter out of Cincinnati? Are yeah, there either that, of would these- be a t- that would certainly be a tell. I mean, I mean you, you basically would, you, you would basically say, um, we don't view these guys necessarily as backups. This is, this is, possibly be a future uh franchise quarterback and they may not play this year but it would be a great opportunity i think especially for a guy like willis who's got all that athletic upside you really don't know what you've got in a pro system they could bring him in sit him behind drew lock flail under that situation have high draft pick next next year but you've already got your quarterback on the roster You've got the fifth year, and well, you wouldn't have the fifth year option now, but you you would have him in the system, um, and I think there's value to that, and there's value to having a guy like Willis, or even if it's um, if it's Ritter, uh, to be drafted now and uh, be part of the system, and it, just that little experience I think gives them an edge, and it doesn't preclude you from going with quarterback next year as a year first overall pick it it does give you some opportunity for some options and so forth and they've never really had a really young developmental 
quarterback on the roster. Yeah. So, yeah, I wouldn't mind it. Now, with so many, like <laughs> yeah, well, with well, and I'm going to make your point with so many holes on the roster and so many positions of need, it makes a lot of sense to use this value area in the draft to get quality starters um, at, at those positions rather than have a quarterback that may or may never take a snap in the NFL or be a perennial backup, may be your starter. Here's what I would want. If, like Malik Willis, I'm just using him as an example, if he's John Schneider and Pete Carroll feel like he's kind of got that Russell Wilson kind of vibe where he has a real opportunity um, and they're just getting great value by selecting him here in the second round and they believe that and they've done the all the work and they make that selection and that's the reasoning then i'm okay with that yeah um but it, that, that would have to be at that level uh to take a quarterback here i think i think it, rather than waiting fourth fifth round taking some developmental guy it, if you take malik willis here it's because you believe that he's going to be your eventual starter i think yeah, you don't use a second round pick on a quarterback if you're if you don't know, because um, you can in set in round two and round three you're you're trying to get starters and um, unless this quarterback is a guy that can turn into a franchise quarterback and and lead you to a Super Bowl down the road, don't bother, just wait. Um, one tell um, that you know the team refuses to admit that they're that they're rebuilding or any of that. If they take a guy like David Ajabo. Um, you know, with one of those those picks at 40 and 41, I think what they're signaling is that they really are looking ahead yes. to uh, the 2023 season because Ajabo is before his injury, he was a top 10 talent, but with his injury, he's not going to play for the first half of the season um, this year. And so you're really selecting him looking forward. And so if they take a job, what they're saying is they're, they are planning and everything toward uh, a year from now. Yeah. And, and the same okay. thing with a guy like Christian Watson or something, they come yeah. out of the left field and choose a, you know, kind of a developmental wide receiver. That's kind of a hedge against um, DK Medcalf's contract situation or something like that. That tells you that they're not really thinking about this year so much as, as next year. I agree with that. I mm -hmm. think there's more, there's safer picks here guys that can have an immediate impact you take a running back um that that we do clearly have a need on the roster for um that would have an impact right away you take a guy like a, a beckety if he's sitting there um a guy that can come in and immediately have a, a rotational value for you as opposed to a jabo who you're going to either not play in 2022 at all or he's going to come in in november and he's not going to have any time in the system and he's just going to have you know a handful of snaps a, a game a guy like Boy Mafe, on the other hand, is like a great pick for having an impact on the roster right away. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. So I think Channing, the same Channing Tindall would be such a fun pick just because if, watching a guy with that kind of speed um, is was is always fun. Perry and Winfrey would be a great name. I I would mm -hmm. not be sad if he ended up in Seattle. I think his ability to get after the quarterback from from defensive tackle from the interior. Um, not just being an ed rusher, um, really just would be tremendous for yeah. uh, the, the success of this team. I so. think the the underrated uh, guys uh, that are still on my board right here would be um, Sam Williams and Drake Jackson. 
the defensive end out of USC. I just think that there's a little bit of a connection there. They've had him in. I think mm-hmm. they're, they've been looking at him. He kind of fits what they're what they're doing, but he needs a little bit of uh, a time. That's why he's available here in this spot. He's got all the athletic upside. I think Sam Williams is undervalued. He played in a good conference. Um, he's got some of the best pass rushing win rates uh, in this draft, and I think he's undervalued, and I think he comes in and has an immediate impact as well. And he could be a guy that I think that they're targeting. That would be cool. I would be okay with that. <laughs> um yeah i mean honestly i would this would be a fun day this is gonna be be. a fun day so we could probably we might see four picks today from the seahawks there's three there we might see one they might package stuff up and just put it all in on one player i just can't see it but who knows john schneider's gone up for players before that he's really liked yeah but it's never been where he had to give up a ton of of draft capital to do it uh it's always been you know little moves in order to get it to get Tyler Lockett and, mm-hmm. you know, but it wasn't, or uh, DK Metcalf, but it wasn't like where they dumped a ton of draft capital at um, a team in order to move up. I, I can't see them coming away with one. I think it's much more likely to come away with four players today than one. Fun. Awesome. All right. Let's get out of here. Let's go watch the draft. Let's go do it. All right. Find Keith on Twitter at Myers NFL. You can find me at uh, NWC Hawk. Find the show podcast, YouTube, subscribe, share, all that good stuff. Until next time, go Hawks. Go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NWSeahawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.